Welcome to the True Blue Riftcast, the number one Rift Tracks podcast in the world. the world. I am Jeremy, and I am joined, as always, by... Hi, it's me, Dave. I'm awesome, and so is Jeremy. Jeremy, it's our season finale! It's our season finale! Oh, I didn't even know podcasts had that! Yeah, we do. We're This, this is it. This is our season finale. Just figured we would actually have a, a season ender and kind of wrap it up at the very tail end slash very beginning of the new year and and we can kind of uh line our seasons up the same way that that we have rift tracks seasons lined up at least at least you and i the way on we the riff wiki yeah yeah by year yeah by year you know fun fact that um if you consider 2006 as season one then uh rift tracks in the year 2020 has now entered its 15th season ah 15 that's crazy yep i was thinking about that when i was going through uh, one of our things we're going to talk about today uh just how long they've been doing riffs for and sitting there trying to to just understand like holy cow they've been doing this since 2006 technically and Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's still going and it's it's better and stronger than it's ever been. Yep, yep, yep. Now, today, since this is our season finale, we're not going to be doing all of the regular stuff. Uh, even though there's a lot for us to talk about, we're not going to be talking about The Mandalorian. We're not going to be taking a look at the weekend box office. We are instead going to go through with our best of 2019 for Rift Tracks. Ooh. So we've got... Uh, our favorite Rifttone song. We're going to talk about our favorite Just the Jokes release, even though there was only a, a handful of those. It's par for the course. Dave is going to be giving us his top three Rift Tracks presents. We're going to talk about our favorite Rift Tracks live show. I'm going to give you my top three Rift Tracks shorts of the year, and then we will break down our uh, each of our lists for top three Rift Tracks VODs. And then we have a little surprise at the end. Yes, we do. So let's start off, of course, looking at uh, our best Riftones song choices. Now, we got uh, one song for each of the live shows, and we got a song for Feeders 2, Sleigh Bells. It's it's a Feeders Christmas uh, featuring Bill Corbett's entire family which was really cool yeah that's pretty fun. and that was almost that was almost my pick for song of the year but i sat down and i re-listened to the other songs we got with the live shows and i had to go with uh the the legend of octoman like it's such a, a great like old western like story ty- uh, style song uh like uh what was it big jim <laughs> um stuff like that and it's just I just really liked it. Everybody features in it. All three of the guys um, sing in it. It's not like just a Kevin song or just a Bill song or just a Mike song. And uh, I kind of like that too. Not that I don't love, you know, the other stuff also, but just this one really, you know, I used to, I used to listen to a lot of songs in that style when I was growing up because of my parents, my dad, mostly. Um, So that really struck a, a personal note for me. I love that um <laughs> I love that uh the riff toads for us are like the Beatles in that we can like <laughs> identify Mike songs and Kevin songs and Bill songs at like like you know how there's like John songs and uh Paul songs and Ringo yeah. songs and um 
George songs. But anyway, uh, back to the Riftones. Yeah, back to the Riftones. Um, I gotta go with uh, Star Raiders. He's a Star Raider. Uh, just because, I mean, they're all really good. I mean, this is what you said. We had four. Usually we don't get that many. Usually we get like right. one if we're lucky. But um, it seems like we're getting all of them for all the live shows now, which is cool. Yeah. It's like, well, it's they're only doing like three live shows. So like they have time and stuff like that. It's like, no, they <laughs> released 37. They released 37 riffs this year. Like literally thirty seven, like like twenty seven from Mike, Kevin, and Bill, and ten from the Riftjacks Presents teams. They were extremely busy this year, and that's not counting the shorts either that they did. In- it's just like I think it's a record year. Looking back on it, and just like I felt like Star Raiders, the Star Raiders song was the most evocative of. The Samurai Cop Rock and Action theme and Mutiny of Love. Mm-hmm. For me, those are like the latter day standards for riff tracks. Just like just like slamming awesome, just like pumped up riff tone songs uh, sung by Kevin. Like it just cause like, oh, yeah, riff tracks. Oh, yeah. That's like I think that that one gave me the most it was most evocative of that. So that's why I chose the Star Raider song. And now we're going to go take a look at our favorite Rift Tracks MP3 Just the Jokes releases this year. How how many Just the Jokes releases were there this year though? I think I think there was Jurassic World, Street Fighter, Jurassic World and Street Fighter. That's that was it. It was those two. Jurassic World and Street Fighter. I actually watched Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom that riff. You like just watched that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I watched it uh, like 2 days ago. It's solid. Like it just I remember this about Rift Tracks and like this has got me hooked into Rift Tracks before. Like anytime I go back to like the old MP3s, because it's just so easy to listen to to just watch and listen to VODs now. Yeah. No syncing and blah blah blah, even though syncing's not that hard. But once you're in it, you're kind of locked in there. But it's just so much easier just to like boop, right, we're going on the VODs. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of that's lost. And anytime I go back to one like that, I'm like, oh, this, this is awesome. That's, I, I remember this. Like, you know, like I might want to go, like I start thinking about like all the old ones that I love, like Inception, all the Harry Potters, all the Twilights. But the thing is, we haven't had an MP3, a really hardcore MP3 era since 2013. Yeah. And I kind of wish that they would, they would do more, but I understand why they don't. That being said, with as solid as Jurassic World was, or Fallen Kingdom was, uh, I think I got to go with Street Fighter. Just because, number one, I love the movie. You go back and listen to our ep- to the episode where we talk at length about Street Fighter. I believe Jeremy and I have very differing opinions on the movie itself. <laughs> I think it's I think it's awesome. It's really I think it's probably in my top twenty movies because I just I love everything about the movie. I un- like. It's not like the room for me. It's like it's a genuine, awesome, funny, greatly well executed, intentional comedy, you know, so I love everything about it. Um, And uh, to um, have Mike, Kevin and Bill kind of play along for me, it was a real, real treat. And if I have to choose between Jurassic World and Street Fighter, as far as riffs go, I think I got to choose Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you as far as uh, picking Street Fighter uh, out of the two of them, um, but it's for the same reasons. I mean, the movie itself, regardless of how you feel about it, if you think it's it's a well done intentional comedy or 
it's a, a terrible movie that everybody had a lot of fun making. You know, even Raul Julia, who was literally dying. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, if if you want a more in-depth discussion, uh, you can go check out our episode on that. The title of it is, of course, for us, it was Tuesday. Love it, love it, love it. So there you go. Out of the two <laughs> Just the Jokes <laughs> releases this year, uh, Street Fighter is is our both of our pick for the for the top one. Dave, yes, you are the uh, the Rift Tracks presents expert. That is correct, sir. So why don't you give us your picks for the top three Rift Tracks presents releases this year? Because we had quite a few of them. Oh yeah, dude, we had ten Rift Tracks presents releases. Um, Mar- Bridget and Mary Joe fans might be upset with me for my pick of top three. But Bridget and Mary Jo had a – they put out a lot, like a lot. Yeah. And um, they are on the list. In fact, they're at the very top of the list. Yeah. But uh, number three, I think, has to go to uh, Adam Age Vampire by Matthew J. Elliott and Ian Potter. They also had a couple of excellent riffs this year by themselves. But I think this one, just because it's such a, uh, a famous – Adam Age Vampire is one of these movies in bad movie circles that's very well known. And you would think, and it's in the public domain, it's something you think Rift Tracks would have done a long time ago. It's one of those things that's been, you know, kind of like overlooked over the years. And the fact that it, that um, Matthew and Ian got to do it, I thought was really, really cool. And I, I enjoyed it. So that's why that's my number three. You know, uh, it kind of goes to show that like, hey, we have faith in our Rift Tracks Presents teams, you know, picking up the slack. We're going to give them more kind of like maybe not big, huge, major titles, but titles of significance that, you know, that they can carry and, you know, contribute in a major way that way. So So for me, that's why that's number three. Number two, the crossover riff, uh, Sherlock Holmes and the Deadly Necklace by uh, Matthew J. Elliott and Bridget Nelson. Yeah. Who had unbelievably great chemistry in that movie, uh, in that riff. I was I was real, real surprised because, you know, um, you go back and you look at Matthew's history with riff tracks. First, he started, we, we've talked about Matthew at length on this podcast. Uh, we're, we're both big Matthew J. Elliott fans. Hopefully he's listening. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. Um, and hi, Ian. And hi, Bridget. Hi, hi Ian. Do they listen? Uh, Let's hope so. I, I, <laughs> I think Bridget does. Oh, that's cool. Because she's she's commented on a few things before. but Oh, that's cool. You should show me that. Hi, Bridget. Welcome back from the edit, everybody. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, that was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, everybody. <laughs> so anyway, you go back and you look at Matthew's, Matthew J. Elliott's history with the big track. You got so flustered and, with uh, Bridget yeah, there. Yeah, a little bit. Um <laughs> And he if you want to know what, solo... what he said, go go sign up for a Patreon and, uh, and yeah, uh, that's that'll be that'll be hilarious. Patreon.com/slash um, True Blue Riftcast. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just like, <laughs> what did I just say? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, um, he started off as a solo riffer, 
and uh, he um, you know made a name for himself there. And then he got himself a partner in 2014 with King of Kong Island in Ian Potter. And those two developed a rapport, which I think elevated Matthew's game significantly. It would never come into your mind that he would seek out another riffing partner because pff, he's got to eat it. And you would never, ever in your wildest dreams think that it would be Bridget Nelson. Bridget Nelson and Matthew J. Elliott. Oh, no. Like, what? That's weird. It was such a shock. It's so weird. Such a shock when that came such out. A weird, such a weird team up on paper. But we got it. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, this is like one of the best riffs I've ever heard. Like, you know, this is this is amazing. They are killing it. So that kind of opened up opportunities for going into what I am calling the uh, Rift Tracks Presents of the Year. Number one, the uh, four way uh, crossover between Matthew J. Elliott, Ian Potter, Bridget Nelson and Mary Jo Peel, the last woman on Earth. They may not have had the greatest subject matter to work with, but the idea that these two teams came together and collaborated on something, that's just, like, amazing to me. Um, and it, it – I just hope that there's more of it, and that's why I'm putting my number one spot for The Last Woman on Earth. So, you know, just so that we can keep – making the Rift Tracks uh, Presents brand even stronger. Because I feel like this year, Rift Tracks Presents had its best year that it's ever had. It had 10 releases. They've never had that many before. Two crossovers, okay? I just feel that if Rift Tracks is to uh, survive, it needs to grow. And it has been growing as far as content goes. They they don't just do Mike, Kevin, and Bill stuff. And, uh, you know, Connor and Sean are uh, recording, I, I think, their first short here shortly, or they've already done it or something like that. They recorded, they recorded their first two shorts. Oh, wow. That's okay. So, hey, we got that to look forward to in 2020. So, hey, guys. Yeah, the Presents brand is growing even more. Now we just need... Uh, Cole and Janet to come back. Yeah, they will. Um, I've actually talked to uh, Cole about it. Uh, he just said he's, he's just real busy. Oh, I know he is. He's always um, doing yeah. shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. With uh, with Sketchfest and Janet's out there being a freaking a list superstar and everything that she does. But hey, you know we'll take what we can get from them because we love them both. Yes, you know, love you guys. All all of our Rift Tracks presents teams, including the 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 new. The new Rift Tracks present team that's going to be making their debut this year, Sean and Connor. Cannot wait for that. I'm super excited. Super excited. Hey, guys, feature length movie. Do it. Yes. Okay. Please. Okay. We already did our, our best Rift tones. We did our Just the Jokes. We did our Rift Tracks presents. Let's take a look at Rift Tracks Live for this year. I'm not going to start going off again about. Uh, Good rich theaters and how terrible they were this year. And uh, well, then why did you even bring it up? <laughs> uh, because I have to at least say something about it. Otherwise, I'll, I'm just going to explore. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, we had uh, Octoman, Star Raiders, and uh, the new version of Giant Spider Invasion. Before we go any further, did we ever talk about how what's his name is? is 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 suing is trying to sue rift tracks and fathom events no that's happening yeah uh what's the guy's name the director or that he's trying to i don't know if he's going to be successful but it uh the director of Gi giant spider invasion uh, he's an he's a crazy old coot 
Wow. I don't even know his name, so he's not that famous. He's trying to say that the company – oh, it's uh, Bill Rabane. Okay. Bill Rabane. He's trying to say that the company that handles the rights to his movie and licensed the rights to to Rift Tracks and Fathom Events uh, did not, in fact, have the rights to license out the movie the way that they did and is trying to – Sue that company, Rift Tracks, Fathom Events, Cinemark uh, Industries, or whatever their company name is, uh, AMC Theaters, like any theater chain that carried it. Oh, he's, so he's, he's just a lunatic. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's. And is it, it for it ten was... million? Is it for ten million dollars? <laughs> I don't know if he's quite that level of lunatic. Um, but. Yeah, that sounds like he's a bigger lunatic. And look, like this is hard for me. This is hard for me to admit. It's not going to be the first time you're going to hear me say that tonight, by the way, and you'll know why later. <laughs> but it's going to be hard for me to admit that this guy is probably a, be- a bigger lunatic than James Wan. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe not. You know, just the monetary thing of it. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, Rift Tracks Live. Rift Tracks Live. So I ended up going with Octoman. As my pick blah, blah. for uh, the best live show of the year, uh, just because you know I I knew what I was getting with a uh, giant spider invasion, and Star Raiders was a good live show. I mean, any any time we can get more Casper Van Dien and and Cynthia Rothrock in uh, a Rift Tracks feature is always a good time. Plus, the movie was just. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Star Raiders, how it's just like do this. They do this like home movie thing. Like it's something that the Polonia brothers would do. They just go out and just shoot in the forest, and that's like all they did. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but Octoman, I had no idea what I was getting into. I refused to really look up anything about the movie. I watched the trailer um, beforehand, and so I got a little slight glimpse of it, but. Man, oh man, that movie! And any any time that something bad enough can happen in the movie, where one of the guys quits from Rift Tracks, <laughs> is outstanding. Yeah. There was a and work. The fact everybody. that we it got that work. with Bill, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 put down his microphone and he started to walk away. Like I'm done. That's it. I can't take any more of this crawling through a cave in real time. And then you, for the third time, or how you know, and then you could hear him. And he just walks away. He just put no, but here when he came back, he was trying to like sneak back on to try to sneak back over to his yeah. thing. Because if you're familiar with, with Rift Tracks Live and you're there at the Bell Court, I've been there live, by the way. I didn't, I didn't know if you knew that, Jeremy, but I have been to Rift Tracks oh live, my God. live. Shut up, Dave, in the Bell Court in Nashville, Tennessee, by myself, in yeah, person. yeah, 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 uh, yeah, but um. They they have their they're off to one side and they come out they're off there on the right side, they're off on stage right where they're setting up and then the uh, they come in on stage left and the big movie screen right there is just off center so that they can look at the movie and riff it with their microphones there on stage right. So Bill had to walk all the way across <laughs> back over to stage left. Oh, it was still great. And for him to come back, he has to like tiptoe across and pretend. And like, but you could hear the uh, the the audience cheer, like, "Oh, Riv- oh, Bill's coming back!" <laughs> and you could just imagine Bill going, "Shh," right? Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was so. It was such a good, such a good bit. And the movie was 
Oh my gosh, it was like Manos level painful. Like, oh yeah, it was pretty there, bad. There's just so much of nothing happening. Uh, it, it was it was outstanding, and we got the uh, McGruff the Crime Dog short before that, which I absolutely loved. <laughs> I couldn't believe because, it. I was like, "Whoa, really?" Yeah, McGruff. I mean, I grew up and with McGruff. Come on, man. He's, he's Rift Tracks canon now. <laughs> there you go. There's a new art project for you. Yeah. Well, so Octoman. Uh, we may have talked about this when the uh, when the when the show came out, but I kind of want to ask you again. Where would you rate the uh, the Octoman costume on like on the like the in the pantheon of Rift Tracks? Bad Rift Tracks monster costumes. Uh um like 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 where like where would you put it i don't think it's quite at the top no um, it but i mean because you got a god monster now to, to yeah. add it in there and uh i'd say it's down probably uh it's above uh curse of bigfoot oh yeah definitely that's probably the worst <laughs> yeah that's easily the worst i think that's uh, i mean like i think that's even worse than god monster honestly yeah uh, I, I don't know. Probably somewhere in the middle, honestly. You know what I think is the best, though? I mean, just like I just think it's just a great costume. I mean, it's a terrible movie, but I'm a great riff. Do you know what you know what it is? What? What do you think? It's? Invasion of the Animal People. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, I love that costume. It's, yes. It's pretty good. I mean, like, I mean, I know the guys didn't like it, but I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> but anyway, so Octoman costumes pretty far down there, but not quite as bad as God Monster or <laughs> Curse uh, of Bigfoot, yeah. Or Curse of Bigfoot. Okay. Or the uh or the uh Robo Vampire. Oh jeez. Oh man. <laughs> Which we'll definitely have to talk about this year. Like what part of Robo Vampire? Uh yes. Oh man. So I chose Giant Spider Invasion. Now the Giant Spider Invasion part's pretty good. Okay. I chose it as my as my choice for Riff of the Year. Oh, God. You know why? Yes, because of the short. Because of Adventures in Telezonia. That was oh like my God. That's like I don't know which is worse, the bags or Adventures in Telezonia. <laughs> like you look at it just like I think Telezonia is is probably one of the most nightmare inducing shorts that they've ever done well i mean yeah i mean like well i was still thinking about i mean i still think about telezonia all the time i thought about the bags for weeks <laughs> yeah oh uh, anyway uh if you don't know what the bags are go yep. go watch um riff tracks live uh summer beats shorts whatever it is the summer one it has the word summer in it uh Summer Shorts Beach yeah. Party. That's the that was the final riff of the show where everybody involved with the show that evening came out and they all riffed it together and it was out. I kind of hope they do another Shorts live show cuz they've only done two. Uh they've done two that yeah, were just that dedicated they... to just shorts. They did uh Christmas Stravaganza yeah. which generated uh I Need You Tonight which is a Riff Tracks Christmas staple. <laughs> they also had Weird Al in it. They've done 3. They've done three. They've done three. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I forget show. the um, uh, MST3K reunion show. My bad. I think that they. I think they should do another one. I do too. I would enjoy that. But anyway, you know how I am with my shorts. My favorite riff tracks live of the year was Giant Spider Invasion. And speaking of shorts, we're going to now take a look at my top three shorts of the year. 
And number three is the one that they just released, like right before the end of the year. Oh, this one. And it's Banks the Money Mover. Yeah, they just smacked us with. <laughs> it's Scrooge. Uh, I th- they call him like Albert Scrooge. <laughs> and uh, Jack Marley, I think they changed his name. to. I don't know why they changed the names like that, because I mean. Yeah, there's no need to. They're public domain. What the hell? Yeah, um, they. Uh, Scrooge is, is sitting there and he's counting all of his money and Marley shows up and he's like, your money's not doing any good in your mattress. And they show the mattress and there's all this money sticking out of the mattress. Do people do that? I mean, no. I mean, maybe some really crazy, really super rich people might have used to do that years and years ago. But Marley tells Scrooge that he's going to be visited by the spirit of banking. Because that's a thing. And this uh, guy shows up in a really bad suit, and uh, he's there to convince Scrooge to sign up with a savings and a checking account in his local bank. And the one thing that I took away from this short is that if you don't keep your cash in a money hog, then you need to keep it in a wet pinball machine. (laughs) If you watch the short, that will all make sense to you, I guarantee it. It shouldn't, but it does. Up next is a short that was released this year that actually originated from uh, the missing live show, The Five Doctors, and that is Play Safe, the British short about um, playing on power lines and in uh, Transformer stations. And we have talked about this one before, um, so I'm not going to get too in-depth with it, but it's absolutely bonkers. If no, you didn't crazy. hear the other episode, I mean, there's children dying in it. They get electrocuted and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's insane, insane. But for my number one short of the year, I am going all the way back to January 9th. So one year ago, the first short, the, yeah, the first short released in 2019. And it was a Rift tracks presents short. From Bridget and Mary Jo, it's the wonderful world of Tupperware. This is uh, a, it's a half hour long video um, that they sent out to people who were uh, they wanted to sell Tupperware and how to th- how to throw Tupperware parties. And I know Tupperware parties they're not really a thing anymore because now it's sensi and and stupid essential oils and. Uh, yoga pants and crap like that, but wow! <laughs> what? What do you have against that stuff? Or do you just are you are you just that loyal to Tupperware? I mean, what? I'm just that loyal to Tupperware. Damn it! No, uh, but it it really. My aunt used to be really big into Tupperware, so this is another one that just kind of brought back a bunch of memories for me of of the different things that she had in her house. That were that were Tupperware products, and how much I wish I had some of them now. Like, but I'm not going to get into that. They they show uh, how Tupperware is made. It's kind of like this is Hormel, um, except not as disgusting uh, <laughs> and terrifying. With there's the, no cow tails. No, there's no there's no cows being peeled. There's no basement. There's no there's basement. no hide cellar. Yeah, I don't know. They might have a basement at the Tupperware factory, but. Yeah, so I'm I'm going with uh, Bridget and Mary Jo's wonderful world of Tupperware for my number one short of the year. Now it's time to move on to the meat of our season finale. The beef, and the, the beef, chicken, 
The pork. The foie gras. Wait, that's illegal now. Uh, it's our. <laughs> it's our Rift Tracks VODs of the year. We each picked our top three. And since I just finished rambling on about shorts, Dave, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so uh, number three, it's something, you know what? I'm actually surprised that I chose this to be my number three, looking at the... I am too. (laughs) Looking at the overall year, especially a couple of years ago, because um, a couple of years ago when they released its sequel, it really was not that uh, memorable, I gotta say. But, um, uh, of course, I'm talking about um, Kill and Kill Again. The 2017 release, which was, you know, it was good, but let's be honest, it was, you know, kind of filler, and uh, it's just like you know, kind of forgettable. Yep. But when they released Killer Be Killed, the um, the original, the OG, whatever that means, I'm not up on my popular culture, but OG I think means like the first <laughs> Killer Be Killed. I was just like stunned at just how like uh original and like memorable it it was. I mean, yeah, it's terrible, but it's yeah. also hilarious. Oh yeah. Uh I mean like and that's even uh without the I mean, I I I might have watched that movie without the riff. Whoa. But with the riff, it's just like it's just like an A. I think the scene that did it for me was when they took the car apart in the desert and wind sailed back into town. <laughs> like for me, that was just like, dude, I love this movie. Yeah. This is, this is, this is fantastic. So that's my number three. Uh, number two, for various reasons, the choice for number two was really between you're the hunter of the future and rats. And I had to choose rats just because of how vile it is. <laughs> and it's it's such a riff tracks kind of movie. A damn sleeping bag. Yeah. Just, uh, Any. <laughs> but um, it, it's also directed by um, I don't know the gentleman's name, but he directed a movie that a non riff tracks movie that Jeremy and I are very familiar with called um, Shocking Dark. Uh, yes. And it has many of the same cast members as Shocking Dark in it, and it has just like it's just like the same bat. I mean, I think Shocking Dark is probably bat crap crazier, but Rats is just like, this is disgusting. (laughs) I had to go with Rats for for number two. And number one, if you've been listening to the podcast at all the last few months, you've known the Rift Tracks, I would say around the end of September. They usually make a turn until just like their best titles of the year. Yeah. Around about that time. But Rift Tracks made a hard turn. Not only were most of the year's best titles in this time frame between like the end of September and the end of the year, the content of the riffs, uh, just like it made it made like all the craziness that was 2017, just like it it was reminiscent of yeah. that. Just like every week we got something that was just like it, incredibly insane, and I would dare say it, it kicked off. I think we disagree. Well, we'll just go ahead and say kicked off with contamination. Yeah, somewhere around there. And then we got, then we got the visitor. Then we got feeders. Then we got a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, and one at the very end, which I will leave for Jeremy. And well, I will be speaking about that as well because I have quite a few things to say about it. <laughs> but um, I think the one that I still think about the most has got to be the visitor. Yep, number one, ding ding. Riff of the year, the visitor, and we did twenty nineteen. We did definitely talk about that one. Um, that was uh, the very tail end of October when that when that one came out. Yep, 
and we're both just like blown away by it. Yeah, it was October 25th. Yeah. If you want our in-depth discussion on that one, um, go check out the episode titled Lady Scarecrows. But yeah, it's uh, whew. and I'm sure we'll talk about it again here in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, with with my top three, my number three kind of goes back farther in the year. Right right after Rats came out, Rift Tracks released a movie called... I love this so much. I love this one so much. Called Zombie, a.k.a. I Eat Your Skin. I Eat Your Skin. And we've talked about this one <laughs> a number of times. It keeps coming Dude, we up. we have talked about this this one so much. It keeps coming up. And I was so sorry that, yeah, that, that, that it didn't make my top three, but I'm glad that it made it on. I'm glad that I made it on to yours. But, yeah. It's... <laughs> We've we've got a, a skeezy main hero, if you want to call him that. He's very skeezy. He's a definite playboy. Um, he's sleeping around with everybody. We've got uh, zombies that we've talked <laughs> that don't actually. I just want to I just want to start talking about the movie like in depth again now. But <laughs> we we've got zombies that definitely don't ever eat any skin. I don't even think that's ever even brought up. No, it's not. They. They, it was part of the marketing for the distributor. There's a story behind that, yeah. Yeah, and and we did talk about that. I know we talked about it because we brought it up, yeah. And sat on the shelf for 20 years, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they paired it off with another zombie movie that, from what I understand, is also titled just as misleadingly as this one. But this is uh, the voodoo kind of zombie. It's like it's like vampire. I drink your I drink your blood or something like that. Yeah, I drink your blood was the other. <laughs> so that's my number three. My number two is the very last release that we got for 2019. We're gonna be talking about this in a, in in an extended fashion. I was all set for my top three to be uh, feeders and zombie. I eat your skin and the visitor. And then this one came out, and it just totally knocked away all of the other insanity that we got outside of the visitor. Yeah, man. This is Attack of the Super Monsters. Now, this is... Yeah. It's a half-puppet claymation, half-animated uh, Japanese TV series that they where they took the first few episodes of the TV show and they cut it together and, and made together. a movie out of it kind of like uh Mighty Jack. They did that a few times with mystery with some old mystery science theater episodes. But you want to talk about a surprise. Like this came out on December 27th. So like a couple Two days after Christmas, I was not expecting any release in that time. Yeah, we period. thought the year was done because we, you know, we got some Christmas stuff. We got a Bridget and Mary Joe Christmas special. We got Feeders Two, the Christmas movie. We got uh, the Banks, the Money Movers. You know, all these these little Christmas releases, and then just boom out of nowhere, Attack of the Super Monsters. And you're just like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, like, like Dave sent me a message, and he's like, you already. I already bought the new release today. I didn't watch the preview or anything, because Dave Dave does that. Just, there's a release and he just clicks buy. He doesn't even even like read what the title is half the time. And uh, I don't. I looked it up. It's true because I hadn't even heard that there was a release yet because I was I was busy, and uh, we were both like, "Wait a second, what is this movie? <laughs> like, like what is like what is, what what?" Because because I watched the preview and I'm just like, Dave. This is half 
it's like half animated and half it's really 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 messed up see now i was checking out yeah i was on i don't want to say i was on the road but i was out of the house and uh i was like um like what are you talking about because i wasn't able to watch the uh the preview because i was i was out i'll be it was like just like it was like wtf is this and i was like it's a new release it's like no this is insanity and it's just like oh and i was like oh you're full of it it's just a preview like how often have we said that to each other like yeah. like wtf is this i mean it happens it's a regular occurrence so it's well, like especially that means, in the back half of 2019 little. yeah it, it means it means very little wtf is this it's just even but then I then I saw it. I was just like, <laughs> "Wow, this is something that literally they've never done before." Yeah, it, uh, it's just, uh, and, and and really, it's the kind of stuff that I wish that they do it that they would do more of more of this experimental stuff. Yeah. So the 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 show or the movie, whatever, is about uh, dinosaurs reappearing on Earth, <laughs> and they're being led by uh, a, a T Rex. And he's who sounds like he's commanding. He sounds like Goldar. Yeah, he sounds like it might have been the same person who did the name I would Goldar. Not I don't be know. Surprise, Goldar. But <laughs> welcome back from the edit, folks. So it's not um, Goldar. It's not Goldar. But uh, one of the one of the voices uh, was the guy who did Leonardo in the uh, Ninja Turtles cartoon. Oh, this guy did a lot of stuff. He did a lot of stuff that a lot of people would recognize him from. Okay, yeah, so so dinosaurs are back. Yeah, and uh, there's a team of of four heroes who are fighting, and we have Jim Starbuck, Jen Starbuck. <laughs> yeah, that that never gets confusing. Some some uh, fat clumsy guy and uh, a scrawny scientist who looks like a bug man. I don't know. <laughs> he's but, Egon. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not anywhere near as cool as Egon. No, no way. But the we find out towards the end of the first part uh, when they're fighting these red demon dog things that uh, the Tyrannos yeah, made. Tyrannos comes up to fight them, and they are half cyborg people, and they combine together to make the character named Gemini. Yeah. Jim, Jen, Gemini! And uh, they can only stay combined for like three minutes and then it's hard to even describe without like what yeah or they'll they'll die otherwise i don't know i don't understand it yeah although they're never in danger of that <laughs> no uh like they, they they think they did after they they merged for the first time but uh yeah it's uh the whole thing is just insane like they they have vehicles the vehicles are models so they're they're you know real tangible things and not animated. The uh, demon dog things are animated. The cities are not animated. The people running through the streets of the cities are animated. Uh, the dinosaurs are uh, either puppets or man in suit or claymation, uh, claymation stop motion animated. That like and... a brontosaurus that looks real real bad. <laughs> it's real they show it like four times it's like stop showing that thing it's horrible it looks like it looks like a like a 10 year old made it out of play-doh and then they just like oh thanks johnny now we're gonna use that in our movie yeah attack of the super monsters if you have not seen this movie please for the love of god 
for the love of God. Honestly, all of the movies that came up from Contamination until that movie, just watch them because yeah. you're not going to believe what you are witnessing. I mean, martial law is, you know, in there, and that's just, just kind of like a normal, uh, you know, kung fu movie. Cynthia Rothrock, David Carradine are both in it. It's a good riff. Um, uh, but, you know, it, nothing compares to to contamination the visitor feeders and they're all their own kind of insanity yeah like uh, ro- robo vampire feeders oh, too yeah. and attack of the super monsters yeah it's... so they're all insane but all in different ways except yeah. for feeders and feeders too because they're basically the same they're thing. they're they're exactly the same and now uh the weirdest of them all and my number one for the year is the same as dave's the visitor big surprise yep, there the visitor that movie is still just it's crazy it's crazy go listen to uh, lady scarecrows to hear us ramble on about how insane it is but it, it it didn't get much weirder for me than the visitor not not saying it didn't get more crazy but it didn't get weirder yeah it's definitely yeah i mean feeders is okay look feeders is dumb okay like can we just can we just be honest about feeders? I'm not saying it's not a yeah. great riff, but as a movie, yeah. it's just stupid. You know, it's and the like, second one is is more the same, except yeah, for you know, it's because well, they lip- they actually retell the story for like 20 minutes of feeders too. Yeah, it's just the guy from the first one telling everybody what happened in the first one and it's like two-thirds of the way through the movie when he decides and it to has do no it. effect and it has no effect on anything that's happening in feeders too no he has nothing all. to do with anything else in that movie other than talking about how aliens are invading and telling us the story of feeders one that's his only purpose in that movie yeah, and you would think that uh and you would think that um uh in feeders too that that guy would have uh, taken a minute in that 20 minutes to describe how the guy that he killed uh, is somehow now alive again he, in Feeders 2. And he talks about killing him twice, and they show the footage of him killing him twice in sepia tone. Yep. It's... <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Blockbuster. God, they're great riffs, though. They're so, yeah. they're so good. Uh... They're very Rogue One-ish in the fact that they're just vicious like they are not look they are not very uh kind to the polonia brothers and one oh, of them no. is dead you know <laughs> so, so those are our top choices for uh for riff tracks uh for 2019 carbon and stone the visitor riff of the year 2019 yeah there you go and uh you know there's something a little special going on right now in a normal version of this we would be done but it is now 2020. Yep, there's a zero in the year now. And we have rounded out a decade. So we are going to give you our picks for Riff of the Decade. Yep, because Riff Tracks was around for that entire calendar decade. Yeah, uh, as we were talking about earlier, they've been around for, for quite a while. We're on, the, what, season 15, you said? Season 15. Technically, I think they they would you know they'll be at fourteen years this summer, but yeah. Now our our picks for this are not necessarily our picks for our favorite riffs of all time or for the last yeah. ten years. 
we decided that we would each pick a riff that is just important yep. to uh, the the soul of riff tracks, to something that's molded it into what it is now. My pick for riff of the decade is the guy from Harlem. The guy from Harlem. I heard that cat's it's, a bad it's, dude. <laughs> it's one of those riffs that all all of the fan base has at least heard of. Like, yeah. Honestly, to me, this is one of the riffs that if you are starting to get into riff tracks, this is one of the first ones that you should watch. Yep, definitely. Because it is, I mean, there's so many callbacks to the guy from Harlem. We still to this day get get uh, jokes about the guy from Harlem, uh, about uh, burnt steaks and, burnt and steak. bad scotch and uh and uh, I got two questions for you. Yes. And, you know, stuff like Number that. Number one. Uh, yeah. My family. <laughs> we still get callbacks to those to this day. And there's some other things that's in there. <laughs> and it's, dude, I never get tired of the guy from, of yeah. guy from Harlem jokes. Like, like, I'll still pop for like, because you just heard it. It's just, like, I got two telephones. Yeah, it's. It's just one of those riffs. I mean, it's one of the few that I have on DVD, and I'll pop it in from time to time just to watch it, even though I could stream it or whatever. But oh. this is one of the ones I want, like, you know, when uh, when the Internet gets shut down. Yeah. This is one I still want to be able to watch. It's, it's uh, definitely in the top five of all time for me as well. And, Dave, I know your, your choice was uh, – was probably a little difficult for you. Yeah, well, I mean, it was and it wasn't um, because it's just like for me when you hear something like "Riff of the Decade," to me there was only there was only one choice. It was an obvious choice, but at the same time, okay, well, if you know, you know. If you don't, Google it. <laughs> My choice for Riff of the Year is Birdemic Shock and Terror." It is one of my. It still is, even after everything that happened. Still one of my favorite riffs ever. It's a great riff. It's and here we are. It came out in uh, let me see. It came out in I believe February of 2011, so almost nine years ago. And it's the first one that I remember just like busting up hysterically at just the preview. And like I, I mean I I had never heard of Birdemic before. I was just like, what is this? And then like I I distinctly remember. The joke that uh that like I just completely lost it on in the preview, and it's you you know when the little girl is under the car yeah and Rod is trying to coax her out by saying oh come on I'll uh, <laughs> I'll protect you and then the girl says no the birds will bite me and then Mike says oh birds don't have teeth you stupid idiots <laughs> right so so like and i just i just completely lost it there and i was just completely sold on that movie on that movie and that riff and uh here we are and it's just like it formed i mean like riff tracks at that point had been around for five years yeah and its identity at that point was very much centered around blockbusters you know, uh, the Star Wars prequels, and at that point, to a lesser extent, Twilight. So, um, and I pro I dare say Transformers. Yeah. Birdemic, I think, opened up. I mean, because a couple of years before they uh, the Room came out and it was a big it was a big success. 
but I think this is like the other side of the room where it just kind of like formed because Rift Tracks at that time was just you had Highlander after that in the Karate Kid Part 3 and then Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan in April 2012. And then uh, about a month and a half later, you had the Crater Lake Monster and that began the sort of big kind of transfer, not transfer, but more of a shift into VODs with Crater Lake Monster. So Birdemic came at the very end of the uh, blockbuster kind of phenomenon that Rift Tracks had been around in. And it kind of like opened the door for things like uh, Buffalo Rider, I would dare say. Um, you know, just like uh, maybe even uh, Ghost House and some of the more like super bizarre kind of titles that would immediately follow. But I think it shaped Rift Tracks going into the uh, VOD era as a comedy troupe that had uh, started out in Mystery Science Theater 3000, established itself as Rift Tracks in Blockbusters for five years, but was now transitioning into more experimental movies that, you know, were like, sort of like Mystery Science Theater 3000, but not. They were really more Rift Tracks style movies, and it kind of helped set it apart. And it also... You know, we still get callbacks. It's been almost nine years, and we're still talking about Birdemic all the time. We're still talking about all the running gags that Birdemic uh, started. You know, like solar panels, such as seals. Solar panels? Yeah. Like, there's, uh, like, so many Rift Tracks running gags that generated in Birdemic. Yeah. Uh, driving and parking. Um, just, like, you can't even, like, name them all. It's it's crazy. We even we even got a good a good one in uh, the visitor, uh, and about the uh, mom going out like Becky. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> and uh, the fact that we got two kind of spiritual sequels to Birdemic in in uh, Julian Jack and Replica, both of which are both definitely in my top twenty. And thankfully, they never did Birdemic two. <laughs> <laughs> So um, for all those reasons and more, Birdemic, I think, hands down, for me, it's got to be Riff of the Decade. It's a very good choice. I would dare say, Definitely I would dare say that even in, like, it, it's definitely in contention for the best Riff of all time. It's right up there with uh, The Room. Like, I think it would probably be a... Um, like I think those two would probably have to duke it out for which is the uh, the best riff tracks, the room or Birdemic. I mean, I, and I don't know who would win. But there you go. There's uh, our riffs of 2019 and of the decade, which next year we won't have that, but I'm sure we'll end out next next season in the same manner that we did this one, and we will be back, honestly, probably next week. Uh, with another episode because even if we don't get a new release after this one, uh, we still have plenty that we didn't get to talk about during our break yeah. time. So we, we, we will be back next week. And uh, until then you can head to patreon.com slash true blue riff cast, and you can sign up to be a patron and you can get some exclusive outtakes. And we're going to have plenty from this episode uh, to put up there. 
And uh, our listener poll will be up. Uh, I have not decided what movies we're going to put on there yet. We might not do that uh, for our season premiere next week, um, simply because we already have so much to talk about that we missed. Uh, but our our listener listener poll is there, and some other little uh, little bits and bobs that we put up, uh, including what we're going to be talking about each week. And <clears throat> I'm Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at pbandawesome. Or you can send me emails, jeremy at trueblueriftcast.com. And I'm Dave, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. You can check me out on the web at sugarraydodge.com. Send me emails at dave at trueblueriftcast.com. And we will see you guys for season two. Happy holidays. Yeah. Or New Year. Whatever.